0: Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Hey, everybody. It's Roberto Villegas. You probably haven't seen me before on any capacity or heard me before, but um, for those who are not aware, I am the announcer uh, of this show. But uh, I'm not here as capacity as announcer or even a host our, actually, I am here as the host. Let's just move on with it. We're actually going to interview all the people, or at least a good chunk of the people, from The Fakest joining me today on this show. We have Anne-Marie, Bobby Hawk, Wynn Mercera, if I pronounced that correctly. I apologize if I did it wrong. Rebecca Johnson and, of course, Bill Meeks of The Fakeist. How's it going, everybody? Great. Yay.
1: Great. Awesome.
2: Hey, <laughs> you gone.
1: Wynn, you can feel free to correct him
0: if you
3: want.
2: Yeah, it's when Mercer.
0: Mercer, okay.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's French.
0: Don't don't feel so bad because, like, for me, uh, having a last name of Villegas, uh, I went through life having my name butchered. Bill, maybe you can comment on this. What gave you the idea to like completely like base the fuck out of my voice and 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 everything else? Because because like, remember what you'd email me like, I think you'd be perfect for the announcer. Like, okay, cool. Here's my lines. Not sure what to do, and then you just like. I, I don't know, turn like the fox knob up to like <laughs> twenty-two and somehow that like that's what at least comes out at? Well,
1: I that's a part of it, you know. I, these news announcers, they're
0: all big boomy voice. And uh no offense, Roberto, but you were not big boomy voice. No, no, I don't have the spitter voice. I've never i I've never wanted to be that like you know, like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You know that that kind of announcer.
1: <laughs> but you know, outside of Rebecca, you're really the first part I cast because you're. I think a- after Paul, you're the first person who shows up in the show, and I wanted someone that I knew was solid I could always count on to do like three
0: lines in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you you said, "Who do I know that I could I can." At, at least be certain they're going to send lines back to me exactly
1: exactly i'm like if nothing else roberto's solid i say i mean say what you will about his hygiene <laughs> about uh his, his uh his anime obsession his japan culture obsession but he's definitely very solid when it comes to returning voiceovers in a timely manner
0: well let's kind of talk a little bit before we start talking to everybody else everything else especially with you bill okay how did it all come to be uh, like like, how is it that you started even this concept of the fakest?
1: Me and Anne Marie, uh, we hosted a bunch of uh, mainly fan cast. We had a couple other little variety show type things, but mainly fan cast podcasts that were based around other shows. Due to a lot of reasons, uh, we decided to stop doing them. So I, I I was left with the question of you know what's next. So over the course of the three or four months after we quit uh, all of the Universe Box podcast, I developed a couple of ideas. I had a screenplay with this uh, metaphysical rom-com sort of idea. I still want more of that. <laughs> Definitely. I, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but then in another idea I had, because this was right around the time, this whole fake news concept was kind of bubbling up in the public conscious. And I was like, well, what? You know, people are saying fake news, fake news. Like, these journalists are obsessed with telling the fake news. Like, I, I don't think an actual person like that exists. I mean, there are definitely people out there with agendas. But all of the journalists I've ever known or read a book about or whatever, they're very, very committed to their job as journalists. And I thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool to flip the script and write a story about somebody who, uh, who is that committed to making shit up, <laughs> and then then the name uh, popped into my head, and I was like, it was kind of like the Nerdist, so it feels kind of trendy, kind of mo- well, maybe not so much now, but kind of trendy, kind of modern, and uh, I, I you know I, I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do a sketch comedy show, and a news format is a really good fit for a sketch comedy show because we can uh, tell a story about all of the characters back in the newsroom, um, mainly Paul Defoe and then the people who kind of orbit around them, And uh, then we can also cut into these sketches where it can be, you know, whatever you want, these humorous short stories. Uh, So I I started there. And uh, then, you know, as I was developing uh, the first and second script, I kind of realized, you know, I, I have a complicated relationship with the truth. This might be a little bit of a spoiler for season two, uh, but back when I was about uh, eight years old or so, I was told by my parents that uh, one of the major aspects of my life was a complete fabrication, and it it fucked with me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, uh, I think I had a really complicated relationship for the truth. I was a bit of a liar uh, until I was in my... Early mid-20s, I'd say. Uh, and Marie's <laughs> smiling because she's known me since I was about 20 or 19 or a- 20. 18. 18, 18. Uh, but, you know, so so I, I just, uh, I think because uh, these people who I completely had to depend on and trust told me this lie, uh, and then I found out at a very early age that they had, it kind of gave me this, this perspective that the truth isn't important, and maybe no one really cares about the truth, and maybe... It's just about saying what you need to in the moment to get by, which is completely wrong. And I've completely turned around and stuff, but, uh, except, except (laughs) (laughs) but you know, except for the fakest. Um, but I, I started thinking about that and I was like, wouldn't it be interesting to take this concept of a guy who is completely devoted to the untruth, to lying and tell a story about him, coming around to the other side. And that's really what the, the main A story of The Fakest is. And then, of course, you know, we have silly things like Mr. Rogers working for Donald Trump and uh, in the upcoming <laughs> season, Japan does Power Rangers, but for real, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, it, at its heart, it was really it's really kind of a story about me, me uh, learning why the truth is important and why needing to be able to trust other people. Is important.
0: That makes sense. Um, it's it's interesting. Cause I'm actually now really more curious on that that lie than anything else. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll save my curiosity for uh, later and every conversation. You'll
1: find out in episode three of season two, <laughs> coming That's- soon. Or no, actually episode four.
0: Episode okay. four. The fake truth. <laughs> already lying are already lying to the audience. <laughs> that is, that is correct. We're not even even in five minutes into this. Well, let's kind of go around the horn a bit with everybody kind of figure out because I, I, I can kind of guess how you got hooked into this, Anne-Marie, just based on, yeah. uh, proximity. on relationship proximity, <laughs> proximity and whatnot. So we get back to you, but we're going to first start with with uh, let's start with Rebecca, only because I'm curious how the heck it is you got into this fear of of even doing something with Bill.
3: I met Bill and Amory probably back in 2011, 2012. We were probably both, uh, yeah, we were both doing Once Upon a Time podcasts and uh, we would do these round tables. And uh, so that's how I met them as podcasters. And we kind of stayed in touch over the years. Uh, and in terms of the uh, um, eating, I guess you could say is what I do. Uh, that came about i think we did a read of one of bill's scripts uh once and i had a really good time doing that that was a lot of fun and then uh out of nowhere bill told me about this new project he was working on and asked me if i wanted to do a voice and i thought he was crazy because i was like i'm not an actress i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) uh but uh he's 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 a good friend and so i thought i would help him out and i ended up having a lot of fun and I guess I'm okay. I'm okay at it. I'm not great at it. You no, are no, no, ahead. no, 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 no.
0: You're amazing. <laughs> you are the show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I have a, a ton of fun doing it, and Bill's scripts are really funny. And so I'm just really uh, honored and proud to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, I will say, too, that Rebecca's character, I wrote specifically for her. Like There are key elements of Rebecca's personal backstory that are in her character. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, uh, I share a lot in common with Leanne. I am from Alabama. I used to work in t v news I have worked in production. I am a University of Alabama graduate, so I am an Alabama fan. That might be important uh, to Leanne's uh, character <laughs> traits. I'm not, I'm not much of a cusser. I don't drink. Uh, so some of those quirky little things about me Bill has put into the character. So I can, I can definitely recognize and see myself in Leanne. So it's actually kind of easy for me to uh, read the dialogue and play the part because I'm, I'm sort of playing myself in a way.
0: That's kind of fun because like I don't like I I always wonder when it comes to anybody that comes into voice acting, um, no matter whether it be at at kind of an indie project like this or a pressure project later on, uh, especially when you say like I'm not an an actress or an actor or any of that kind of thing. um, I'm always fascinated with how it is that they then become their character Um, and it kind of helps out that Bill's writing more uh, things that are more you than anything else.
3: Yeah, and it's easy for me to, to do the dialogue when the scripts are so solid and the, the comedy is very good and it's it's all very well written. And so I don't have to really think about it. I just drop my Gs and uh, have fun with it.
1: Speaking of dropping, I've dropped the check. It's in the mail. Thank you,
3: Rebecca. Oh, well, th- thank you. I'll, I'll uh, use it wisely.
0: Use that Applebee's gift card really well. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to Bobby, because I'm I'm kind of curious only because of where uh he is broadcasting from today or recording from. How is it that you got then roped into into Bill and Ann's weird project of doom? I don't know what I'm calling it this. <laughs> <laughs> don't doom
4: it. <laughs>
5: actually kind of similar to Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I knew
0: these guys. They gave me a line. I said, do you have where's well, no. $10? Here you go. <laughs> I
5: started listening to the Once Upon a Time podcast that they uh, did. And around the second season, I believe, I um, started calling in uh, just <laughs> call like it just didn't stop i just called in like every episode and uh yeah bobby like,
1: basically became the first voicemail we'd play every week on every podcast we did yeah
4: <laughs> it, it's a standard part of our doc it yeah. just says bobby voicemail and we get really confused if it's not there We're
0: like is bobby okay like, Wait, yeah bobby hasn't called key. in yet yeah
5: yeah and unfortunately there's very often that i'm calling it like half an hour before they go on air sending my voicemail in um. So yeah, I'm not the most uh uh prompt person. Unlike uh Rebecca, I well, I guess kind of like Rebecca. I guess uh I, I too am a Vietnam pilot. Um, <laughs> 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 Bill has definitely forced me to step outside of my comfort zone because, like, I don't play my voice at all on the on the on the uh show. I play a number of different characters. Sometimes um, I, I kind of base my voices on just like different old pop culture characters from TV land. <laughs> um, like who, who did you base uh, Birdman Stan stand on? Uh, Mr., Mr. Mr. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> who did uh, you Mr.
3: Base Mr. On?
5: Haney. I was going to try to like, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Haney. Uh, Janitor Jim's kind of an old prospector um uh just different uh yeah uh um it's it's definitely forced me to step outside of my comfort zone and uh like Rebecca I'm having a lot of fun doing it
0: well that's the interesting thing especially when you're like for me as sort of my role I don't have to really do too much I can just be me and, and sort of drop my voice and know Bill's going to do some effect on it and, and no one will be be the wiser uh it's more difficult when you actually have to be a character and I've I've tried those times where it's like staying in a certain voice and staying mm-hmm. in a certain tone yes like, you have to keep in your in your mind, especially you're not used to it, like, no, this character talks like this. I may talk this way, mm-hmm. but the way I have to, okay, I have to hit this accent, I have to do this, this, and you have to do it, cons- like, the, the trick with voice acting, and I think it was, uh, and and only because it's, it, it kind of at least alludes to it. I don't think Tara Strong, uh, she's a voice of, like, Bubbles and- uh, Very familiar. Uh, yeah, twilight <laughs> sparkle, a lot of other things. I think the way she, like, she pitched it on a show is that it's not about saying funny voices, it's about being able to do those voices consistently- Which is the hardest part, I think, of any kind of voice acting.
5: I definitely have found that to be true. Specifically the latest one I've been doing because like, like once like, (laughs) um, Bill just be like, oh, uh, here's the character I was thinking of. Like, you know, just, you know, just come up with a voice. Um, and I usually send him kind of like a thing of like, well, here's like three or four different voices I was thinking of. So, you know, what do you think? And he's like, Oh, yeah, we'll go with the third one. And uh, um, like I said, this this uh, recent one, Janitor Jim, he was like, All I need you to do is just record uh you got it, son. And um, like I okay, and so I did it like three or four different ways. He's like, Okay, yeah, the third one and and then like a month later, he's like, okay, so here's like a page of dialogue. And <laughs> then like, oh boy, it's page dialogue. Right. And then like so like all of a sudden this voice that I had like said once in three words, now all of a sudden I have to like, you know, like you know, speak in that voice. And it's yeah, it it's it's definitely very hard to do and to keep it consistent and uh well, I will say, Bobby, I did pick that version of the voice specifically
1: because I could hear your voice straining. And I was like, good. This will be a challenge. Let's see how he does <laughs> <Yeah. my thing."
5: laughs> Well, that one was definitely easy. a challenge. I think that one uh, specifically, uh, besides Mr. Rogers, which I'm still – uh, but um i thought you did a great mr rogers personally he was dead i'll I'll say that, that he sounded weird because he came back from the day <laughs> uh,
1: i was just gonna say it wasn't a straight-on imitation but you had the the vibe of the mr tone, rogers i yeah.
5: understand
0: yeah well that's a tricky thing and and i was listening back to to that uh that specific uh like a skit today and it's interesting because the hardest part of uh when it comes to doing an impression uh at least from i understand is again because again when you t- talk about impression, it's like you have to figure out what it is of that person that's core and consistent mm-hmm. and it's almost like taking that person and like uh concentrating him into this this like single thing and it's even trickier when it's like i just do the voice of him because you have to because again like you get the cadence down you get everything down and yes you can tell it's not mr rogers but it's like oh wow it's really good I- i'll be honest i thought it was somebody else do- you know if you had told me that that was you doing it now or, or prior, I probably would have said, like, I can't be you and hearing you now and knowing that I'm like, wow, that was really good. Um, but let's move on to the other guests here, like when I'm actually curious because we've all heard everyone else got into it by listening to podcasts, somehow being friends with it. When how did you get into this? And please tell me it's something different.
2: It is. I paid bill money. actually. <laughs> <Yes>! Yeah. <laughs> Many years ago, Bill was doing a gig at Dragon Con for another online pop culture news outlet, and he needed sponsors to help get him there. And I threw in 50 bucks, and ever since then, we've been best friends.
0: (laughs) Besties, besties. I like the idea of, like, I gave him money, we are now friends. (laughs) Hey, I'll be anybody's friend for 50 bucks. (laughs) That that should, that should be the tag tag line. <laughs> i'll be anybody's friend for, that, that should be paul's that should new, be a new be, story a, yeah exactly that should be in there like i'll be anyone's friend for the 50 faithful fan page the f- fake is faithful facebook fan page whatever i missed one <laughs> continue sorry <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Win. yeah so continue continue win uh, so that was just it that you just like like that but then how did it go from being friends forever to like here's some lines read them
2: well, then, like everyone else, I was following their podcasts and calling in with <laughs> stupid comments about TV shows and just keeping in touch that way. And uh, Bill decided that I could do Grace's lines in my own voice, And I said, "Cool, that works for me because I'm not a voice actor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this I, I love the idea of 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 that of just like I've, Cause I know what the project was. I was talking with Bill last night, prior to everything, Because we're kind of, you know, chit chatting and things like that, kind of catching up. And he was mentioning that, like, yeah, one of the one of the uh, people I couldn't remember the name until today. Now, uh, had kicked into that thing I did for Bleeding Cool back uh, back in Dragon Con or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So it's just a long time since so I thought about that moment, and it's it's so funny, like how how it is we all came to be. Because like I was thinking in my head, like how is it that I even came to to know Bill and I. I couldn't even name the moment. I couldn't even pinpoint in my head when like, I met you, Bill,
1: I, I in terms think, of internet uh, life. I think, uh, you know, we met through uh, uh, Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young, who have both been on the show, uh, through their podcast. It was on Twitter at the time. It was called NSFW. And uh, Brian was arranging this big South by Southwest meetup. And I just typed in the chat room, man, I wish I could go. I'm Bill Meeks 10 years ago or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and he was like, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you, you know, you could crash on Roberto's couch and maybe that'll help you g- get the money to go or whatever. And so I just started talking to him back and forth. We kept interacting, you know, through the chat room, through Twitter. And uh, then when he he started up his uh, My Soul C- Called 8-Bit Life podcast, uh, he asked me on. And the rest is history. It was a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah, because I was... And and by the way the couch is still uh, the cat the couch is, is now taken but there is a free air mattress if anytime you want to come during south by south sweet sweet Wait, uh, dude i'm old is, my back my back well it, it's an air mattress it's a queen size dude it's comfy don't 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 diss it till you try it um but let's kind of move on let's move on beyond on on everyone in terms of acting because i kind of want to talk a little bit more about sort of the themes of the show which i think is is interesting as as a concept because i think like you and i were talking about this last night bill Mm and in in, in sort of before the show but i remember you said and something along the lines of that you want to teach how to do journalism from doing it wrong or something along those lines yeah
1: exactly A, a lot of the the news stories we do uh they're actually kind of like you said, demonstrating journalistic concepts of or examples of good journalism, uh, but doing it by by telling you the opposite of what should be done. Like uh, one of the examples I can think of is in episode three, uh, there there's a a news story from McDonald's. Uh, and uh, that's very similar to a concept in news called a VNR or a video news report. And uh, basically what this is, is a company that, I don't know, manufactures widgets. They'll just send a completely produced news package uh, to a news station where the the talent there will just have to plug in a couple lines and it's gravy. So I, I kind of, uh, I did that whole McDonald's story and I'm uh, going to be returning to it in season two to kind of highlight that fact that. You know that's a, that's a case of bad journalism. Uh, you know, we also really dive deep on, you know, how how television is or how TV news is funded, and uh, the the complications that can arise from that. Like, uh, you know, if if you have to report on a sponsor, how do you do, you do it positively or negatively? Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so so you know, we take or you know that like the editorial, the the fakest editorial from season four. It's all about. Paul got bad service at a restaurant and was an asshole and got kicked out. And he episode he makes, four? Yeah, episode four. We're not
0: on season Jeez. four yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> we got we got a wise to go.
0: But no, it, no, that that's the gag. Every episode's a new season. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh
1: geez, that's a lot more that's work a lot on of work. my part.
4: Yeah. Uh,
1: but you, you know, it's just kind of taking these concepts of what good journalism is, and then Paul does the complete opposite almost every time and kind of trying to teach teach it that way. You know, and a lot of times Leanne's kind of the conscious of the show and she'll she'll jump in and be like, Paul, should 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 you really be doing this? And Paul's like, Yeah, whatever. And then it all ends horribly for him. So
0: Well, that's the thing I, I tend to enjoy, I think, ultimately, is is that and, and, and anyone and by the way, anyone chime in at any point in time if they've have, have a, a comment. To, to anything said i know we're we're still producing a bit but feel free to kind of jump in don't don't be shy because i think it's ultimately the show and and what i i like about it a listening part of and kind of why i enjoy being a part it, especially now in this weird actual news climate where you actually have fake news that's being broadcasted as, as real and and you have not like like uh, there's always a joke that's been like the onion is becoming more true every day. And mm-hmm. and I don't know how I feel about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I actually derive a lot of inspiration for the stories from the, uh, not the onion subreddit, uh, <laughs> which, which takes, uh, stories that you would think would totally appear in the onion, but no, they're actual headlines.
0: God, it's, it's, it's frightening. Um, but what I like about it and, and what's interesting is a lot of the fakest, I feel, and you talked about in terms of journalism, but a lot of it is becoming even commentary on on media. Uh, like I think we're, t- we're talking earlier about the Mr. Rogers one in terms of, of voice acting. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that is that you even make a little bit of commentary on Twitch and, and that audience and, and things like that.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's always when I, whenever I'm going through and writing a story, I try and find like little cultural touch points that'll kind of pinpoint the project to this point in time. Because I mean, you know, it's it's a there the themes are universal. The format it is kind of a new, but it's also kind of universal. It could exist in any time. So I I definitely try and pull little things, references like that or references to Logan Paul or vaping all that kind of stuff to try and set it in the here and now. Oh,
0: God. I, 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 never have me do, do anything vape vaping. <laughs> okay uh write, write, a, write a story for roberto about vaping Got it. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the uh, the weirdest thing of vaping i think it was uh, you were talking about like modern day culture and things like that i think the weirdest thing i experienced vaping was and i do have this because i i had i had to try it and buy it um <laughs> it's essentially a vape uh, a vape caffeine pen i've heard of those i've heard it's of those caffeine. do they work I, maybe
1: maybe <laughs> i tried it and
0: it, it 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 was weird and wrong and 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 i i, I felt paranoid so maybe that was <laughs> so maybe it was maybe it was caffeine maybe it was something caffeine else was in it well because <laughs> the, the way they described it and this is what's such a weird idea was that it was like it, it it was like like there's this many dosages and if you take you know and it, they never explained like you take this kind of hit you take this kind of puff whatever it's just right. like no mm-hmm. it's it's this whatever and right? it's two cups of coffee I'm like okay and I, I I take you know whatever the the proverbial hit off of the the pen um, and I'm like oh it's a vape pen because I realized what was what it was I didn't know what the heck was gonna happen and I inhaled it I'm like and then after I was done and kind of blew out and did whatever I'm like I kind of feel on edge and and I don't feel. <laughs> that good anymore, and usually usually, that kind of caffeine doesn't do that to me. You know what, that and might just-
1: have not been caffeine. I've, I've heard of this before. It's out on the streets right now. It's called Ultra Weed. <laughs> it, it's weed that gets you high and energized. It's weird. <laughs> oh, if only. It's uh, like a hillbilly speedball.
0: <laughs> oh. um, so, we, we should put... <laughs> I'm just now laughing. That that, I think that's what... <laughs> Oh, I, how do how do I go from how do I transition from that <laughs> to that? A- a- Anne Marie, how do you deal with this on a day to day basis?
4: Coffee, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: a lot of coffee.
1: <laughs> we owe Anne Marie a debt of gratitude. This project would not exist without Anne Marie because one, she's a person for me to bounce all my ideas off of. It, we can be, you know, laying in bed, falling asleep, or waking up at six in the morning. I'll be like, oh, about the fakest. Uh, yeah. She's also she's also uh, my main beta reader. Basically, every script that I send out before it gets sent out, it goes through her.
4: And yeah, every yeah. podcast before it goes live yeah. goes through my ears. Yeah. So he's always calling me over to like, hey, listen to this. Listen to this. I'm like, listen, if you make me listen to it now. When you give me the whole episode, I'm not going to hear that part because I'll have already heard it 16 times. <laughs> so stop calling me over if you want me to QC this.
0: <laughs> so I guess it's just because we're, kind of, we're going to kind of move into behind the scenes stuff only because you, you piqued my interest. Amory, what's the worst line that Bills tried to bounce off you or concept or sketch? Oh. They are, you know, even one that you remember of recent, i like, yeah, that would have been a bad idea.
1: It can also be something we produced.
0: Even I was about to say
4: it's going to be something we produce. Even, it's even if it's better that he. No, it's. Yeah. I believe you wanted me to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." Uh-huh. Do you know which one I'm going to say? I know
1: exactly what you're going to say. And
4: the people who did this one did a great job with it. They did the full release technique. Mm.
1: Could do yeah. it. It's it's basi- basically <laughs> uh, in, it. uh, sort sort of a late night infomercial commercial about masturbation. So.
0: <laughs> and you and you wanted your your wife to do this and we recorded for all because, eternity. Uh, because, because in, i didn't infamy because i was afraid to ask anybody else
1: because i was, That's what like. it was
4: that
5: is what i get those are my characters
4: i don't want to ask anybody else to do this can you please do this one and i try i think i even tried to record it and i was like i can't do this but <laughs> no. our, our,
1: our good friend shalane
0: from cost commotion recorded it and she and did a great, great job and yeah
4: amazing job i could not do
0: that <laughs> well let's, let's go let's go around the horn if anyone else has has one let's start with 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 bobby is there has there been anything in producing uh lines you've had to have or or productions that you bit that were or pitched to you that you could not do
5: the, the mr rogers one but i mean i kind of you know like a, a, i've done everything he's thrown at me i haven't refused <laughs> you know
0: See, that's, and you uh, better that's... not <laughs>
4: See, I have a pressure, trump card on that one. There's, there's
5: definitely been times where I'm like, and that's where, that's what I mean when I said earlier that I, he's made me step outside my comfort zone, that there's been times that I've been like, you know, I don't know why he's asking me to do this. <laughs> okay. Like, um,
0: when was that? What, what was the one moment where, like, where it's like, I don't know why he's asking me to do this. just the first, the first, the first time when he sent me <laughs> the first line. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to read for this helicopter pilot. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're the, you know, yeah.
5: I mean, and, and to be honest with you, um, performing is something that I have like, you know, like when I was a kid, I was in, you know, plays and different things like that and 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 performing is not something is is something that i've kind of always been kind of like in the back of my mind so i'd be lying if i didn't say i was intrigued when he asked me but i still kind of like thought in the back you know not in the back of my head that that was in the back of my head what i was thinking forward in the in the forward of my head was why the hell is he asking me to do this i don't you know why does what does he see or hear in me to think that I'm going to do something, and and the first, and the first with the first voice with Birdman, Stan. There was a bit more of like a back and forth with us, of like you know he kind of helped me find that voice, but then every voice since then has just kind of been like, hey, do this. To be
1: fair, Bobby, if you ever want to record with me, feel free, because feel, I've actually this se- as I've been producing season two, I've been uh, recording with more people because mm-hmm. they're. There are uh, people I'm giving bigger parts to who have only recorded like two or three lines before. And I, I found it's very helpful. Before this season, I, I basically, I had just recorded with live with Rebecca and Anne-Marie. But
5: yeah, if you ever want to record live, feel free. Well, I appreciate that. I'm happy that it's worked out because I would not have foreseen myself doing anything like this.
1: I, I think right now uh, we should interrupt Bobby. And we should all give him a hand for his performance as Birdman Stan, because he yeah. he was he was the glue of season one for
5: sure. I I, I appreciate that, especially and as the just, ghost version. And <laughs> just, that was my favorite episode. Yeah, that's yeah that one. One. was the the Christmas you know the Christmas episode was my favorite episode to record, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how season two comes together.
1: Yeah. Uh, me and Anne-Marie were talking about the Christmas episode a bit earlier. And I, I, I was because I was listening back to the best of before I release it later on today. And uh, I, I was listening to it and I was like, you know what? I think especially like the last 10 or 15 minutes of this episode my, is my favorite thing we've done on the fakest. And that's the one episode that doesn't really have a fake news story in it, which I thought was kind of interesting.
0: For sure. It's funny because I was thinking back to like the weirdest thing. You, like for me, I always found myself when it came reading any lines is if I was reading a line for something, I had to make I would read the the lines around it, even if they weren't part of my roles just because I needed somebody to say those lines, so I knew mm-hmm. this is happening then this is happening now, and this is where I say my voice, um whatever that voice is, whether it be announcer or or uh, the oh am I the only one that's ever spoken Japanese in the show so far, even even in, in the butcher format I've done, or has anyone else spoken Japanese i i, I think it's just yeah yeah, yeah it's just you definitely. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm glad to know that. That's, that's probably the strangest moment for me is, is, is Bill giving this line, hey, could you read this? I'm like, okay, sure. Not knowing what to expect, like the script, like, oh, I'm reading Japanese for like a brief moment in time. I'm like, watashi wa. <laughs> that, like, I have to like, get my, my head wrapped around again of saying Japanese words. Uh, quick tip to anybody who doesn't know how to read Japanese or uh, can't pronounce it. All the vowels are pronounced the same like they are in Spanish. Interesting. Uh, That's your your interesting note, um, but let's that sounds to, like real stuff, Roberto. Get away. This
4: is the fake news. <laughs> no, no, this is
0: this is uh, this is important. This is the truth on the, news, on the fake news. What about you, Rebecca? What has there been any moments either either uh, that you that stick out of your mind in terms of production, in terms of of even episodes that have been your favorites and whatnot?
3: Oh, my favorite. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, my favorite was working on that Christmas episode because I got to play two characters, it was kind of the same character, but in a different way. I, I played Leanne and then I played sort of the ghost of uh, Christmas future, uh, which basically was Leanne with a, some sound effects uh, put on <laughs> top of her. Uh, but I did have to try. I tried to lower my voice and sound a little demonic, which is very uh, different from my personality. <laughs> I had to damn someone to hell. So that uh, that was very different from uh, from what I normally do. I don't normally do that. Uh, so that that was only on
1: Saturdays, <laughs> only
3: on Saturdays. So that was pretty fun for me. It was a real stretch for me to to play a, a, a version of the character like that. And it was funny because that ghost still had a lot of humor uh, to it, her. I don't know. Uh, So I had a a really good time playing the kind of sarcastic version of the, the ghost of Christmas future. Um, So I really enjoyed that one Um, in terms of, I I know Bobby was talking about sort of the, the the struggles and some of the things that, you know, you have to go through to kind of work out the parts and all that. And, Bill does have me in season two doing a lot of alliterations and (laughs) it can be difficult uh, because (laughs) just sometimes when you read it and then you try to get out the words, sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, But that's been a lot of fun to kind of work through, especially since uh, in the premise of season two, Leanne is sort of struggling to find herself as an anchor. And so that my mistakes sort of play into the part. So that, that helps me out a lot. And in season one, there was a lot of, uh me having to i think one time i had to like fake vomit i had to fake cry a couple times especially when um birdman stan died that was a very emotional episode a lot of fake tears in season 2 i have to faint so it's a lot of and and there was an episode in season 1 where there was an attack of uh, cats in the studio. And so there was, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, sound effects I had to do in addition to Leanne on the, uh, you know, the headset or uh, Leanne talking to Paul. It's a lot of sound effects having to make those things happen. And sometimes that's difficult for me to, to be able to uh, make myself a sound effect, but it's been fun to try.
0: I mean, Foley work is always is, is a challenge, especially when it comes to like radio, because radio and and yet podcasting you know is in in that sphere, It's all about theater of the mind stuff. Like I always think about uh, like BBC's production of all the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide oh, yeah. adaptations to to radio as like some of the the prime examples of how to to do that kind of stuff. And I, I always that to me is has always been the challenging part. You know, saying a voice is one thing, um, and and keeping a voice consistent is also is part of that challenge too. But also, but then adding into that mix, how do you verbally express like cats attacking you.
3: Like, yes. Because <laughs> you, you,
0: you have to describe, because again, the idea is you have to describe the scene. Like, because, you, you know, no one can see you, no one can see it visually. So you have to say like, oh my God, this cat's scratching me on, on my head. Oh crap, oh, it's teeth.
3: Oh, what the, ah! You know, then yeah. kind
0: of getting in that moment of, of how do you convey that? And then realize that you have to do it over the top for it to even be kind of funny.
3: Oh yeah. you have You have to play it up a little more than you think you do. And uh, so I think the e- the editing helps me out personally a lot. <laughs> I, I listen back to the the finished product. I'm like, wow, that sounds a lot better than I thought that sounded in my head. Um, so, so the editing helps me out a lot. But I, I do. I think I'm maybe getting a little bit better at it, but it is uh, something that I'm still having to really think about when I do it. So it's been fun to experiment with that kind of thing.
1: I'll interject here real quick. uh, Two points uh, based on what Rebecca said. One, those alliterations are carefully crafted to create chaos, and I'm glad they do. And uh, two, uh, I've only had three people tell me that the fake has made them cry, and all of them told me it was because of your performance in the Christmas special. No, so you should be really proud be, of that.
3: That can't be right. No,
1: we actually have a review on iTunes that says that, and then I've really, had two, and then I have two other people who have told me that personally. So, so wow. uh, you did a great job in that episode, Rebecca.
3: Well, I'm so thankful and happy that I made someone a tear up. That's. <laughs> That's, uh, that's a great accomplishment for my you life. Congratulations. You made someone
4: cry, Rebecca. You say I'm this.
3: Sorry. I'm sorry. You damned I'm someone sorry. to hell when you made them cry. I'm about to say, yeah.
1: Like, that's already happened now. Oh, no. Now we see what kind of person Rebecca Johnson really is.
3: I've made, I've made a huge mistake.
5: <laughs>
3: I'm, I I'm that done. Every day.
0: production. day. I'm sorry. I can't do this anymore. Uh, <laughs> Find something different. All right, uh, Wynn, what about you? What has, has, has happened... Um, what the heck was that? <laughs> I was playing Jesus with my his wedding ro- ring and it fell off.
4: This is, this is my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was like trying to get into a serious moment here. I did bill just like, ding, ding. Oh, sorry. I just, I was just play I, I'm bored to play with my ring. This is why the fakest is scripted.
1: <laughs> Cause I'm a jackass and I ruin it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay.
4: Sorry, sorry. Win. No, no, it's, no, win. it's, it's your turn. Just,
0: <laughs> yeah, Wynn. Well, uh, <laughs> either favorite moments, worst or hated, you know, those basically, uh, you know, because when it comes to production, like everyone has their, like, the 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 memory that sticks out to them, like with me speaking Japanese, other people with a Christmas story. Like, what's your moment in terms of the fake at least season one, that sticks out with you so far?
2: Well, one of the most fun scenes was when Birdman, Stan, and Grace are in a crashing helicopter. (laughs) That was a very fun scene to record. And the most challenging line I had in season one was playing the part of a little toddler who is upset because they got their finger bit.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, yeah. Obama bit my finger. Yeah. (laughs) What has been like the challenging part of working with... uh, a cast and crew and people that send lines not only from different parts of the world and 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 whatnot but different mic qualities and like Mm -hmm. audio quality and things like that
1: a challenge is the right word uh but you know i try and do some groundwork uh before we start like generally when i cast somebody I, i have this doc that i wrote up about how to record good audio even if you only have an iphone and, uh, you know, it's basically go in a closet and hold the iPhone about here and don't breathe on it too much. Uh, but, yep. you, you know, so I, I try and kind of hit that on the front end. But even even though I do that due diligence, there's a lot of variety. So, you know, I'd, I'd say the first 20% of any edit for any of these stories is kind of uh, going in there and trying to make all these disparate audio clips Sound like they're from the same world, or figuring out a way to justify making them sound like they're from different worlds. Uh, you know, so that is very challenging. I'd say, you know, it sometimes on the fakest. If you hear a scene that, I don't know if that really needs music. That might That's be the reason. <laughs> uh, because you, you know, we are dealing with people like uh, me and Anne Marie, who have in prof- Rebecca, who and Bobby, who have rep- professional microphones to anywhere down to someone who's recording on a phone or Donna war who's uh, joining the cast this season. She records on an old, like micro cassette recorder that uh, you would use to record a lecture. Uh, But (laughs) it it comes out great. Uh, But you know, some of the best stuff I've done, I think is been actually recording in the room with people like uh, Bobby and uh, a guy named Tony who plays Byron seals. I, and, uh, and, Uh, Monica, uh, they, they along with uh, our friend Liz, who played Cindy McNeil in the first episode, uh, they took over the greetings from Storybrooke podcast for us. And when Once Upon a Time was ending, they all came over to our house for a big party slash final live stream, but it wasn't quite final because we had a lot of tech issues. We had some terrible Uh, tech issues. But uh, (laughs) one, one of my favorite... Uh, moments working on the fakest was definitely when they were all there and we recorded the lunch place rap the madden capral's lunch place rap all together in the same room i i think although i maybe rebecca wasn't there but everyone else was and it was just like this really cool thing where like you know being able to be there and coach tony to get him get him up and going and everything and then jump in with some stuff from paul I, and, you know, with uh, Dean and Shalane uh, DeMarsu from Casa Commotion, I've been able to actually go over to their place a few times because they played the Bieber babies all grown up. Um, let's see. Uh, Dean played uh, Jim Ward from the Christmas special. But I've actually been able to just go over there and hang out for a couple hours and take our time. And I, I, I really, I think, in the next season, I want to do more of that. Like, I'd love to either get on Skype or in the room with people more because I just think it – it generally makes for a better product. Um, Although, I mean, people deliver great stuff now, but on occasion, there'll be like one line that they do that is really good by itself. But when you put it next to another line from somebody else, it just feels off. Like someone's like super happy and someone's like terrified. And uh, it's kind of hard to make it match up. Sometimes I'll have to ask them if they can re-record one line or something like that. Uh, But overall, it's been really good. I, I will say that, one of the hardest things, too, is just, you know, r- right now, this is a passion product, project. It's a project of love, not of money uh, too much. So I, it's really hard to kind of like, hey, that deadline was yesterday when they're doing it for free out of the kindness of their heart because they, they think you're a friend or they like they what you, you do. <laughs> they think you're your friend and you're completely lying to <laughs> them or, uh, you know, uh, they, they they like the product and they want to be a part of it. Uh, So, so that's hard sometimes from a production standpoint, but that's, that's a minor gripe. You know, I've I've done different projects like this in the past, you know, uh, back when I was 18 before podcasting was a thing. I sort of did a sketch comedy podcast. Uh, It was really just an MP3 I uploaded to a Geocity site (laughs) called Meeks FM and it, it sucked. It was awful. And then, you know, about 10 years after that, I did a show called Old Wide Web, which was an educational show about the history of the internet, but it had sort of this element to it where it was like, you know, theater of the mind, radio drama, kind of presentation of these historical facts. I was a computer. You were a computer. You were a computer. (laughs) And uh, then, you know, 10 years after that, uh, we we stumble on the fakest, and I think- you know, even though this is a concept I've tried out several times before, I think it had to wait until 2018, 2019 before it could be a realistic, both because of technology, connectivity, people's uh, savvy in recording their voice in a g- good quality, and just the fact that I didn't have very many friends until a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, so,
0: so it all kind of coalesced for me. That that was it. Because again, I, I've always been, I was listening back and like, okay, that's that's definitely a headphone microphone. That's some other microphone. That's a professional <laughs> microphone. That's a professional one. Because you, you can surprisingly get some good audio out out of an iPhone mic if you just hold it upside down, kind of yeah. point into it. Uh, you can get some really high quality. I'm actually kind of impressed sometimes. Uh, yeah,
1: you know what I, what, what I end up having to do more than anything? More than having to improve people's audio quality, sometimes I'll have to take someone who has really good audio quality, like Rebecca or Bobby or me or uh, a lot of other people, and I'll have to kind of – intentionally degrade it um actually the preset i have for that when you'll appreciate that um for for degrading audio audio quality it's called it's called the hoover stafford <laughs> because because i originally created it to treat your audio and your audio comes in fine and it just made it a little bit better but mm-hmm. i found that applying it to really shitty audio does wonders for it so i'm constantly using the, Stafford.
2: Awesome. <laughs>
1: the
2: hoover Stafford. awesome
3: i love that name
2: by the way that's
3: such a good name
2: thank you thank
0: you. all the names are are good overall <laughs> yeah. i realize we're going longer but uh, just like uh It's again weird for me. Like, I don't have a name. I'm, 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 but like the, I don't even know what I am. I guess announcer is a term, but like it's, it's such a, it's announcer,
1: reporter.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I, again, I guess everybody in the staff, and that's kind of what you learn when it comes to sort of passion projects is that everybody is everything. I always remember like the, the stories that, uh, that Kevin Smith would talk about when it came to clerks was that, it became less about like at the beginning of of the whole thing. He had, like everybody was there, and then like by like the end of the project, you only had like ten people because they realized what work it took and what it you know it took to either you know, to do things. And even even though yes, fashion project things like that, we're still having to give lines on time and still had to make sure you get everything. And then yeah, then you have to fit them all together to make some type of cohesive package out of it.
1: Yeah, that, that's the hard part is you know kind of <laughs> hitting the self imposed deadlines because. You know, these things are uh, a very heavy lift as far as, you know, everything from writing the script to editing to organizing the cast and all that stuff. And uh, one or two key people not sending their lines back in time can completely throw things yep. out of whack. Uh, something else that, it, uh, that can throw things out of whack is being in a, in a horrific scooter accident, which happened oh, last yeah. year, uh, which almost completely killed. Because originally the first they did scene, not almost
4: kill him. Yeah. As it sounded like he was going to say. <laughs> it
1: was but, uh, not that bad. Originally, the first season was supposed to be 10 episodes. And uh, because I got in that scooter accident, it put me behind a couple weeks, and I just wasn't able to hit that mark. Uh, so I decided to just kind of wrap it up for the season with uh, Birdman Stan's death, do the Christmas special, and then come back this year. Uh, but, you know, that's something you live, you learn. Uh, thankfully, you live. You learn, and uh, you know I've adjusted the production schedule now to where last year I think I had the first three episodes done. Uh, this year I have the first four episodes done, and you know by the time the second episode drops, I hope to have the fifth episode done. So you know it, it's just a matter of trying to stay ahead of that and uh, not let it kill you, which is is aided extremely
0: by people getting their lines in on time. Actors, so. I love how I love how it's it's, it's never the, the, it's never pointed at me of like these three are great. You, however. Oh, we, 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 I'm kidding. I've, I've not, I don't think I've made, I don't think I've missed a deadline yet. That's kind of that's my own internal goal, like to, to not miss a deadline if asked, especially it's like, here are three words to say. I'm like, okay, I, sh- I should be able to say maybe three words <laughs> as quick as possible because that's sad that I don't. And you're just like, fuck, I got to do those lines. Let me get, get the microphone. You know, I mean, they, I do have a decent mic. I hope that's what hope. it's
4: like when we record. He's like, I need to go edit this. And he's like, ah, we haven't recorded our lines. I'm like, (laughs) that's another
5: benefit of the Skype uh, session is that, you know, you record it when you, you uh, you know, schedule the session, right? you know, it is helpful.
0: um, Well, I mean, at the end of
3: the
1: day, I get it. I get it. We're going to do a Skype session next time. I promise. Well, that's how, (laughs) how,
0: Bill, that's how real voice acting works is that you schedule it. This is fake voice acting. That's true. Very this true. Fake fake but in
5: all seriousness, I've had a lot of fun, and I really can't wait to hear how season two comes together.
1: I might know somebody who can send you an early release episode. <laughs> and that I
5: guy,
1: almost, I almost
5: hot. like hearing it when it you know when it drops. When it you know, drops, because all because you know, like all I get are like the pieces that I'm in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so like you know, I, I like you said, I kind of get a bit of like the the main like you know the. Uh, Leanne and Paul and whoever I'm playing at that whatever season it is, uh, <laughs> um, but I don't like get a whole lot of you know with the exception of like Handlebar Van Dyke, you know I don't I don't know a lot about what's going on. <laughs>
1: A character coming up in season two, Handlebar Van Dyke.
5: Even that, like, I, you know, I'm just, you know, anxious to see how that gets pieced together. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what you used of what I sent you, you know? Yeah.
1: Oh, it's good. It's really good. Maybe I'll send it to you tonight. I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, it's interesting though, cause you know, I, I, I send out generally these cut downs of the scenes for people just for the sake of clarity. Cause I, I think maybe the first episode I sent out like the entire, you know, 100. section that they appeared in and people were getting confused. They were like, I have three lines in here. Why did you send me the whole thing? What's going on? And I thought, you know, maybe it'd be better if I, I send out like a paragraph and just the lines they have, uh, just for clarity. I Mm -hmm. actually, I think the only people who really get to review the entire script before the episode comes out, Anne-Marie, that we already talked about, and Rebecca, especially because Leanne's becoming a much bigger part of the show in season two, you know, I send her the full script as well, so she has full context for everything.
3: Oh, no, I was just going to say, I have so much fun when Bill sends me the script, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a new fakest, what's going on? I'm like a (laughs) fan of the show, so I enjoy getting to, to read it and find out what happens.
5: And it's also good to have, like you were saying, Bill, to have the lines for context, mm-hmm. you know, just to know the, what I'm saying. And in kind of like you were saying, you know, there's so many people sending you so many different recordings. One person might be saying it in an excited tone. One person might be saying it in, you know, a different tone. So yeah, it's good to have the context of what you're talking about. you know, not just the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also why I send you like, three or four different readings of the line or whatever, when I'd send you the, the lines.
1: Yeah. And I always appreciate it when people do that, when, when you get to the editing space, the more options you have, the better. Cause that way, if one thing sucks, if two things sucks, the third thing works great. Then you can just go with the third <laughs> thing, you know?
5: Um, I, I, is, there, is there any chance that, uh, uh, we'll see Birdman stand again?
1: um, well, I will say that you know, last year we did a a Christmas special. Uh, this year we're going to do a Halloween special. Uh, so I'd, uh, I he might show up as a skeleton or something. You never know. Oh. All See, you have Jerry. to do
2: is write the Birdman stand paranormal investigators sketch. There
5: you go. Done. Write
2: it. Stand busters. Just stand oh, God.
0: See, I was thinking more, more of the idea of having, having the Stan A.I. Uh, that, well, that's we already but, yeah, yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, did I already touch on something that existed? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. I knew that as a joke, not, and that actually is a joke.
1: You're, you're <laughs> completely wrong, but you're really close to being right. Yeah,
3: yes. Very close. I, I'm yeah. like, wow. Like a I, talking
0: I, helicopter with Stan's voice. <laughs> 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 Bill, what can we expect from season two? Season two. um, It's canceled.
1: It's not happening. I did not have the bandwidth to do anything for it. I've been sending out these scripts. That's, I hired someone on Fiverr to write. and uh, Finally.
4: The truth, the truth comes out.
1: No, no. I think, uh, you know, season one ends on kind of a hopeful note. You know, Paul's kind of realized he's a total asshole. And, uh, you know, he's going to go and try and fix it. So season two is really all about that and about, Paul discovering the power of other people in collaboration. And, uh, you know, to kind of reinforce that, uh, one of the things we're doing with season two is, you know, season one, it was all me like hunched over here at three o'clock in the morning, drinking a beer, writing a script Uh, for season two. We're actually bringing in outside writers. Two of them are on this chat here. Uh, Wynne is going to be writing a story for her character. Uh, Grace Hooper Stafford, Nam Marie, uh, wrote a Deborah Donstar commercial.
4: But see, the, the thing is, Grace's is actually good.
3: <laughs> Mine <laughs> had to you. be like completely
4: rewritten. He's like, okay, <laughs> so I'm going to take your idea and I'm just going to just massage it into something good.
1: <laughs> to Sorry. be fair, I, I did a little massaging on everybody's. I mean, yours took a lot more. but and it was
4: only a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> really but a yes, more. no, Grace's is much better.
1: No, but definitely that. I think, uh, you know, when editing The Best Of, I I had to re-listen to the first episode. And I just think, you know, over the course of the first season, the production quality got so much higher that I I think we're going to be doing some even more really cool things uh, with, you know, sound effects and theater of the mind kind of stuff in season two. I'll also say that uh, some of my favorite moments from season two, I'll try and say this without being too spoilery uh Tom Merritt uh, from the Daily Tech News show wow. is back as the son of his former character and it's a, it's a story you can't miss it's all about the last blockbuster it's fantastic and uh really then i i mentioned mm-hmm. um i mentioned uh, Power Rangers for real is going to be a really good one and um really past that i think i think Janitor Jim's story that uh, Bobby's char- character a uh, newish character he's had a few lines before but he's going to be a major character this season is really going to kind of blow the lid off this motherfucker, so to speak.
4: Okay.
0: I, I look forward to the Power Rangers for real, if nothing more then I really hope that you had to do a little bit of a deep dive on, on, uh, on Sentai culture and things like that.
1: Absolutely. And and I'll <laughs> say somebody who may or may not live in the most famous house in Washington, DC is a very big fan of super Sentai, but not Power
0: Rangers. <laughs> There's there's so much mystery there and everything else <laughs> like that, but honestly, this has been a been a blast. So, Bill, Anne Marie, Bobby, Wynn, Rebecca, thank you all for being on and letting me kind of. Uh, Bill, I, I wanted this to say thank you for letting me be even but a small part in this project. Uh, even though you know, the beauty part about my voice is that you hear it and no one knows who it is, <laughs> which is probably like the best thing I, I could ask for. Is I can I can cloak. In, in a very weird way because it just it sounds so weirdly foreign to me uh and and way more ra- way more radio than i want it to sound <laughs> but I love it in the well um, you know it, you know when i was
1: thinking about who do i want to interview me to make me look really really good <laughs> who has done that in the past and succeeded kind of and it was roberto <laughs> every time
0: roberto roberto
1: roberto roberto <laughs>
0: Well, thank you all for joining us today as we talked to, to the cast of the Fakest and crew. I guess in this case mm-hmm. as well. Tune in next time for actually regularly scheduled fake news stuff, as opposed to this real truth thing that we that we're, we've somehow stumbled into. Um, <laughs> I forget what my announcer name is. Do I actually? I don't even think I have a name. Uh, it's an announcer. announcer. I'm just an announcer. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is Roberto Vegas, also known as the announcer, signing off. I don't know. It seems weird. It just seems weird that that still <laughs> bothers my brain. Just like how how much how much fucking bass is in it? my, like, it's like, <laughs> like, like, it, it, it just sounds like I said, it's like you, you, you took like, like it, it's me. It's if me and like the announcer at, at, at the, at the monster truck rally, like combined. Mm-hmm. And then like, you took the truck knob and like turned it to 12. Oh, that's- I turned
1: it to 14 in the wacky packy commercial that's coming up. So.
4: Oh, wacky packy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wacky forgot about that one that, yeah that's a Deborah Dawnstar <laughs> that's a Debra
0: Dawnstar yeah so. Dawnstar it's like magic <laughs> until next time
3: bye bye bye, bye. <laughs> subscribe to The Fakest on Apple Podcasts Stitcher Google Play or your favorite podcast app by going to thefakest.com you'll get every episode when we release it that's Fakest with an I see you next time